Hi there, and welcome to the Love Sick Scribe podcast, where we talk about biblical truths, current topics, and where we grow in loving the Word and loving the one who is the Word, Jesus Christ. I am Dawn Hill, and I am the Love Sick Scribe. Late last week, the United States Supreme Court handed down a ruling on Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, and it was a landmark decision in which the court held that the Constitution of the United States did not confer any right to abortion, and it essentially overruled Roe versus Wade that was handed down in 1973 and Planned Parenthood versus Casey in 1992. The aftermath of this is going to be felt for for a long time, and we are already seeing the aftermath of it immediately in what has taken place on both sides with people that are rejoicing, which I am one of those people that is rejoicing in this decision, in this matter. And then there are people on the opposite side of the aisle that are furious about this, that are raving mad, they are um, sad about this, they have a mixture of emotions, they are fearful. There's a lot of different emotions in this. We are going to talk about this today. I'm going to play a lot of clips that you may or may not be aware of that are out there from politicians that are stating things. There's some celebrities. We may or may not play those, but we'll go through the list. There's some, of course, the media has things that they're sounding off about it on both sides. There's a lot of different people, even people on social media, such as lay people on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram. There's some pretty disturbing things. Even I don't want to throw this word around too much, but there's some rather demonic looking things even of how how people are reacting to this news. And this should even more so as, as a Christian, this should drive us to not only prayer, but all, also the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're going to hear some reactions from senators, for example, in the United States. You're going to hear a reaction from the president of Planned Parenthood, the current president of Planned Parenthood, Alexis McGill Johnson. You're going to hear some feedback from some people that were holding rallies opposing the decision of Roe versus Wade. And we know if you've been paying attention, we'll hear and we'll hear from the president as well on what he had to say. And, you know, you're if you've been paying attention to this also in the news, you may have seen that there are businesses that are offering to pay for their abortion costs for their employees if they have to travel outside of a state. Um, I know Dick Sporting Goods is offering $4,000 to their employees for travel expenses and such for them to cover the cost of an abortion. And so there's a lot of reactions to this. The first thing, though, I want to get to, there was a YouTube video I came across that was posted a month ago, and it was on Sid Roth's show. And there were two people that were professing to be prophets that were on there. And they were talking about how they had visions that God gave them of Roe versus Wade being overturned. And if I'm not mistaken, this coincided with the leak that took place with the decision, potential decision that was coming down the pipeline. Some of the things that they talk about are that they were ministering and God had told them even uh, a year or two before that Roe versus Wade would be overturned in 2022, that this would be a turning point for God's people people and such and, you know, applying scripture to that and stating that. So they were alleging that God told them that and they were ministering those things. And then they go on to talk about that God gave them visions and and, uh, open visions and dreams and such that were elaborating on the aftermath of what was going to happen and that there was going to be great revival. And we're going to listen to these clips here for just a little bit. And then we're going to look at what the current aftermath is and see if it matches up with what they were told. Now, one side note I want to point out here before we jump into those clips is I find it very interesting that and you have an example such as COVID and you have with 
the 2020 election. There were a lot of things that were said about, specifically about the election. Actually, nobody prophesied about the pandemic whatsoever. You cannot find any words about that to my knowledge. And even people that are claiming that they did, they're not on recording. But you will find that people that had professed that, you know, for example, how the election would go in 2020. And there were a lot of people that said that they doubled down on it. They tripled down on it. They stood their ground. And they're still saying things to this day that are outlandish by all the stretch of the imagination. And they were basically not taking responsibility for the fact that they falsely prophesied. Um, And I know that there were some people that that's not the case, but the vast majority of people that professed that as prophets were saying that, and they were not taking responsibility. In fact, they were passing the buck. They were putting the church under the bus, if you will, and they were saying that some people didn't pray enough, didn't fast enough, didn't believe the words of the prophets. However, it seems very interesting to me that when something does come to pass, that there are the same similar people that come out of the woodwork and they they claim ownership and they claim accuracy. So I just find that very interesting. And I hope that you're paying attention to that as well, because that just seems problematic. But at any rate, we're going to listen to some of the dreams and visions that they were given uh, regarding the aftermath of the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Let's see what they had to say. We hear this word revival. Some people think it's a Baptist church with a sign uh, to get people to come in. But that's not what you're talking about. You have seen this revival. What has God shown you it'll be like? So, Sid, what the Lord has shown me that this revival will be like, it's going to be revival really across the seven mountains of society. So it's going to be in the media. It's going to be in education. It's going to be in the church world. It's going to be in the marketplace. But it's there's going to be a massive wave of justice and righteousness, truth that is established and that sweeps across the nation of America, righteousness being restored in our government, righteousness being restored in our schools. And then as far as when it comes to the church world, uh, I'm talking about major harvest like we have never seen before in America. So an amazing harvest of souls is at hand. This is really really what God's, uh, is on God's heart. You know, we've heard people prophesy about a billion soul harvest. Well, the time for great harvest has come. And so we haven't seen anything yet. Everything that we've seen as far as moves of God in the United States over the past hundred years You know, America hasn't had a national revival in over 100 years, Sid, since the Second Great Awakening. But when this is overturned, which is at hand now, we are going to see the uh, really a third Great Awakening hit America. We're going to see an amazing move of the Spirit of God in America like we've never seen before. Signs, wonders, and miracles, repentance sweeping across this nation, But the main purpose, Sid, that we have to know and keep in mind is that souls, multitudes, multitudes in in the valley of decision. But the Lord says the souls, the hearts of Americans, the hearts and souls of Americans are about to be harvested and are about to come into the kingdom of God like we have never seen before. So you're going to see stadiums packed. You're going to see massive tent revivals. You're going to hear about miracles, wildfires across the United States uh, like we haven't seen before. 
the thing that will trigger this will be Roe versus Wade being overturned. But you said you saw a suddenly even the atmosphere there was a change. What did you mean by that? I want you to pay attention to what he's saying because this is a suddenly. So as soon as this happens, this is what is what was supposed to take place or is supposed to take place. And listen, I, I want people to be saved. Uh, I want people to come to f- saving faith in Jesus Christ. I don't believe we have to fill up stadiums to do that. And there's always this call for stadiums to be full and all these things to be full. It's almost as if if we if people see this, then that will cause them to come to saving faith in Christ. That's not what causes people to come to saving faith in Christ. And I'm not saying that this particular individual is even stating that, but it seems like that's perpetuated on and on. But just t- pay attention to what he's getting ready to say. Yes. So the moment that this transpires... In the natural realm, the moment that it's overturned, uh, literally overnight, the entire atmosphere of America is going to shift. And so literally people are going to wake up and they're going to sense freedom. They're going to sense that a heaviness is na- that's been there is now gone. They're going to sense that there is like uh, there's no more opposition. People that have been... Um, just laboring and laboring and laboring people in ministry that have been laboring and laboring and laboring for years, you know, haven't made uh, much progress. It's like suddenly and in a moment they're, they're going to accelerate. There's going to be a supernatural acceleration that comes upon the church that, that propels us into the realm of the glory and of the supernatural that we have yet to tap into, that we've yet to walk in. Sid, it's going to be like overnight, it's going to be like a shift that that happens. Like it's going to be like you're going to wake up the next day and you're going to realize that everything is different. Everything has changed in the spirit realm. And I'm going to tell you why. The primary reason why is because when this righteous judgment takes place, the principalities and powers in this nation are instantly going to be stripped of their power. They will no longer be able to oppose, you know, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, the gates of hell will not prevail. So we're going to see just a sudden surge of the glory of God begin to sweep across the nation, across America and it's going to be accompanied with signs, wonders, and miracles like we've never seen before. And I'm talking about great harvest is what is on God's heart. Now we're going to hear from the lady that was also on this broadcast. We're going to see what this lady is alleging that God has shared with her. Actually, I didn't share this with you when I talked to you earlier, but uh, before the Lord gave me this, I was uh, praying and the Lord showed me a, a clock and And at the top of the clock, it had 1973. I really didn't pay any attention to that part of it. It was the the part that really was off to me is the hands of the clock were reversed. It's like the reversal of time. And this is what I heard. We are standing at the turning of time. Time reversing of of the curse of death off of this land. And I believe that when Roe v. Wade is overturned, that 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 curse that's been on this land is removed off of this land. And tell me about the map you saw 
uh, in the vision on tw of 2019. Well, in 2019, the Lord gave me a vision of, uh, and I was driving, actually, I wasn't driving. I was riding with a, a friend of mine and we were going to a wedding and I had an open vision where the Lord dropped a map in, in my lap and uh, it had blood all over it. And I was like, and then all of a sudden he huh. took me like into the map and I was walking on these streets and everywhere I would walk, there was blood. And I would try to get away. It was like I would I would go try to step. I was trying not to step in the blood. So everywhere I would step, there was blood. So I couldn't, you know, there was nowhere that there wasn't blood. And I would go back and I would try to go up the, uh, the another road and then uh, and all over the place. And I was like, uh, Lord, what is this? And he said, that's the blood of the aborted babies. And their blood is crying out from the earth. And then all of a sudden I saw a tsunami wave come in of blood and it hit and when it hit there was blood i mean blood was flowing all throughout the land i said oh god what is that and he said that's my blood mingling with the blood of the aborted babies and he said and and then i heard i didn't see it but i heard a gavel hit and i heard with a loud voice he said justice will be served and the Lord showed me, I began to pray after that into the uh, into this vision. And the Lord began to show me that Roe v. Wade would be overturned. And I, I think I even in your office one day, I, we were talking and that I told you that the Lord showed me that Roe v. Wade would be overturned. And that was in 2019. I went to the March for Life in 2020 and uh, in Washington, D.C. And the Lord just... He began to show me things that were going to take place in our nation. But Sid, let me just say something that's really, really, really important. You know, it's so vital that we understand that the overturning of Roe v. Wade does not stop abortion, you know, and the importance right now is. Now, I do appreciate her sharing this because a lot of people are under the misconception the, if they don't understand what this means, that, that abortion is no longer going to be permitted in the United States. There are some people that do believe that. That's simply not the case. It basically goes back to the states. And there are states that are already implementing their own laws, whether for or against this ruling. So it is going to, abortion, unfortunately, is not going to be um, completely done away with in our nation. It is still going to be an ongoing thing that, that, goes, that goes on. And people are going to find ways to to do this, to abort children. Abortion is not completely gone in the United States. And also the United States is one of the most progressive and most radical in abortion laws and, and procedures of abortion. If you look in other countries, for example, if you're looking on a secular level, and let me just all this, say this as a side note. Um, I know that especially in America, that there is this big push in some of the movements to almost equate America like Israel and that the, the curse over the land. Um, we're still under a, a fallen, we're still in a fallen world. I don't know if anybody else has paid attention to that. But all of us, not in just America, North America, and the United States, but all of us are still in a fallen world. That's part of the curse. But believers in Christ are redeemed by Christ, yet we still live in a fallen world. We, we have not escaped what's happening here. And until Christ returns and all is made new uh, completely, and, and there's no longer the, uh, the, 
the the groaning of the earth because it was subjected to futility and all the things that take place because of the curse, because of the fall, that's not going to change. And it might be just a good reminder for us to understand that America is is no more special than any other country or nation and that uh, the gospel is to be is to be to all nations, not just to America. And God does not have a special covenant with America. I think that we need to realize that and remember that. Uh, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be proclaiming the gospel, but it's almost like that there's, again, this... There's it's almost a super spiritualization of what's going on, and it's it's unhelpful, and it's not biblical. <laughs> we are we are not Israel, by the way. America is not Israel. At the end of this broadcast, um, Sid goes on to actually say something to. He does um, say a little bit of the gospel, which I do appreciate that at the, at the end, which is for women that have had an abortion or men that have uh, had participated in an abortion. And he, he talks to them about the, the wrath of God. He talks about uh, about the penalty of sin. And he talks about, he does talk a little bit about the gospel. Um, but I do want to, I thought it was very interesting something he said as far as the importance and the power of prayer and what that what that does. So let's play that and we're going to move on to the, the next clips of the aftermath. The word prophet should not be used. I think the people that hear from God are intercessors because the first thing you have to do is speak the word of God with your mouth out loud. The second thing you have to do is pray that it happen. Uh, and like, like, let's take healing. We know the Bible is filled with promises that Jesus died for our sins and for our sicknesses and for our pains. But let's face it. No hospitals are closing over this. No doctor's offices are closing over this. It's a truth. That prophetic word is a truth. Let every man be a liar. But God's word is true. However, it has to be prayed into reality. Same with this draft. We have to pray it into reality. So I wanted to play that little clip right there because it kind of gives you a glimpse of there, the, the beliefs that are out there of the power of your prayer and that you have to speak things into existence like God does. And it's really not necessarily resting, it seems like, on the sovereignty of God um, and petitioning and praying to God, which we should be doing. And they're talking about that. I just don't know if we're on the same page as far as what praying is, as far as what they're saying, and then relying on the prophetic words and instead of actually the more sure word of prophecy that we should be relying on ultimately, uh, one could argue that th- what they're saying should be added to the back of the Bible because if God is revealing these things to them, then God's word is authoritative. And that's a whole other topic for another day. And I, again, I'm not going to get into evaluating this word because there are some things in it that are very questionable and uh, don't really seem to line up with scripture as far as the visions and such. But And then as a side note, I wanted to mention this. Um, you, the United States of America uh, does not have, um, is, is not the exclusive nation to actually perform abortions. They mentioned about the curse resting on the land because of the shedding of innocent blood. Depending on what article you look at, there's 50 to 60 countries that allow abortion to to be perpetuated and to go on, which is a sinful practice. It's a sin against God, ultimately. Now, we're going to look at the aftermath of the overturning of Roe versus Wade. So this is from a rally in New York that was uh, a few days ago, and they are 
protesting the results of the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Let's listen in to see what some of these these individuals had to say about the matter. This is one of the most historic decisions that have ever been made in the history of the United States. This is unprecedented that the Supreme Court went against precedent to make a decision around the privacy and the right to an abortion that will relegate abortion to the state. The women affected by this the most need our support more than ever. It's not women like me, honestly. And I know that, and I appreciate, you know, I'm, it's other women we're out here for. They don't have the means to travel or are so scared and alone. upsetting to see that things like this are still happening like why would something that happened 50 years ago being why would it be repealed it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense and as a person of color as a muslim as an immigrant i'm not here for it and it's not about abrahamic religion it's not about what side you're on republican or democrat it's about giving people the right to be who they want to be and giving women the opportunity to live their lives in their own way. I'm angry, I'm sad, and I'm here, uh, and I'm disappointed that the people we've elected to do this aren't doing their jobs. I think the, the Democrats could have done a lot to prevent this from happening, and they frankly didn't. This should be law. Like, this, this should not be something that can be taken away in a Supreme Court decision. It, it's just, it shouldn't come 50, down to this. In the aftermath of Roe versus Wade being overturned, here is what Alexis McGill Johnson, the current president of Planned Parenthood, had to say. The United States Supreme Court just told us we are not free. By overturning Roe v. Wade, they have stolen our constitutional right, our right to self-determination, our right to control our own bodies, our right to freedom, our right to abortion. However they justify it, this is about power and control. Power and control that was once ours will now belong to state politicians. Look, abortion is still legal in many states, and Planned Parenthood will do whatever we can to get you the care you need. And we will not stop fighting. Our movement will fight for rights stronger than Roe. We will secure abortion access for all, free from bans and restrictions, free from shame and stigma. No court or state will make us compromise our bodies, our dignity, or our freedom. At Planned Parenthood, we know that you should control your personal medical decisions, not politicians. We know banning abortion doesn't stop abortion. It just makes it harder to access. So let me be clear. This won't stop us. They're going to sue thy neighbor, and we are going to love our neighbor. They're going to impose bans. We are going to get care to people and people to care. They're going to force people into pregnancy, and we are going to give people the information and resources to get the care they need. We will have hope. Hope comes from doing for each other. We are each other's hope. So you'll notice there some things that were said about it being a constitutional right, which it was not. You're going to notice the uh, talking about not depending on politicians to make decisions, yet there's a push for politicians to codify Roe. 
you're going to notice um, an invocation partially of scripture of love your neighbor. That's ironic because the baby in the womb is a neighbor. So it's not very loving to dismember uh, thy neighbor that's in the womb. There's a lot of things that are contradictory here. Here are some of the things that some of our representatives, our politicians that people have voted for, are saying right now about the overturning of Roe versus Wade. There's no point in saying good morning, because it certainly is not one. This morning, the radical Supreme Court is eviscerating Americans' rights and endangering their health and safety. American women today have less freedom than their mothers. Today's historic Supreme Court decision is a victory for the sanctity of life. It will save countless innocent children. House Republicans are incredibly grateful for the pro-life movement's tireless efforts for decades. Look, I am spitting mad over this. We have six extremist justices on the United States Supreme Court who have decided that their moral and religious views should be imposed on the rest of America. Because the Supreme Court's decision overturning Roe v. Wade, correcting that flawed decision, finally allows states and Congress to protect life in ways that we never were able to for the last 50 years. But I was speechless um, when I heard just in the last hour that um, a conservative majority on the Supreme Court has struck down a 50-year established liberty. By a vote of six to three, the court affirmed that the power to protect unborn life is returned to the people and their elected representatives. The right to life has been vindicated. Texas Governor Greg Abbott responding to the Supreme Court decision today, saying in part, quote, Texas will always fight for the innocent unborn, and I will continue working with the Texas legislature and all Texans to save every child from the ravages of abortion and help our expectant mothers in need. Democratic gubernatorial candidate Beto O'Rourke also posting a message on social media. This is devastating to women across this country, but nowhere more so than the state of Texas, whose trigger law will go into effect 30 days from today, meaning that abortion will be illegal in the state of Texas with no exception for rape or incest. Come out here. You ain't seen nothing yet. Women are going to control their bodies no matter how they try and stop us. They held with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. Women will be in control of their bodies. And if they think black women are intimidated or afraid, they got another thought coming. Black women will be out in droves. We will be out by the thousands. We will be out by the millions. We're going to make sure we fight for the right to control our own bodies. Thank you. Here are some of the reactions from celebrities and former politicians as far as the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Abortion is not easy. Making that decision is not easy. It's not something people do lightly. It's not something that you can just do. Former First Lady Michelle Obama took to Twitter with a lengthy message saying she's heartbroken, especially for future generations. In her letter, Michelle wrote, quote, this horrifying decision will have devastating consequences and it must be a wake-up call, especially to the young people who will bear its burden. 
President Barack Obama demanding action as well. Barack provided resources to his followers to join activists, protest, and vote in the upcoming November 8th election to make a change, saying the court ruling is attacking the essential freedoms of millions of Americans. Another star in shock, Taylor Swift, reposting Michelle's letter saying she's terrified for our country's future. The singer tweeted, after so many decades of people fighting for women's rights to their own bodies, today's decision has stripped us of that. The landmark decision removes a law that has been in place for over 50 years, which once banned abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. And now it's no more. You also had senators and Congress people that were also calling for things such as for Biden uh, to call a public health emergency. They're calling for steps to codify Roe and make national abortion. Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, serves in the House of Representatives. She was calling for impeachment of justices who sided to overturn Roe. And President Biden had this to say about the decision of overturning Roe versus Wade. Today, the Supreme Court of the United States expressly took away a constitutional right from the American people that it had already recognized. They didn't limit it. They simply took it away. That's never been done to a right so important to so many Americans. Again, this is not a constitutional right. So we're going to continue to listen a little bit more to see what he had to say. ...about how this decision risked the broader right to privacy for everyone. That's because Roe recognized the fundamental right to privacy that has served as a basis for so many more rights that have come to take, we've come to take for granted, that are ingrained in the fabric of this country. The right to make the best decisions for your health, the right to use birth control, a married couple in the privacy of their bedroom, for God's sake, the right to marry the person you love. Justice Thomas said as much today, he explicitly called to reconsider the right of marriage equality the right of couples to make their choices on contraception. This extreme and dangerous path the court is now taking us on. I just want to make an observation when I'm listening to people say things even past month when the leak came out of hearing other uh, politicians make such claims as that this uh, particular right is the bedrock of our country and talking about uh, that this this is a, the, in, interwoven into the fabric, this right of privacy and, and health care, which this is not health care, by the way, is interwoven into the fabric of our country and, and saying that this will affect future generations to come, which that's an ironic statement in and of itself. And to make the claim that abortion, the right of, of abortion, of killing, another human life, of taking another human life that's made in the image of God, that that's the bedrock of our country, that's disturbing to say such a thing, that it's interwoven into the fabric of our country. That's disturbing. I want you to consider something, and I, and I hope that you'll hear me when I say this. I want you to consider the irony of that statement to say that this will affect the future generations and that and the rights of the future generations are going to be at risk. I want you to consider that those who are saying that the rights of future generations are at stake in overturning Roe versus Wade are ignoring that they are wanting to wipe out the future generations to be born. People don't arrive here by a spaceship. They arrive through a woman 
that has a uterus and ovaries giving birth via vaginal, via C-section. It depends upon a woman that has been impregnated by a man and has conceived a child in order, a human being, in order to bring a human being into this world. If you are for abortion, then you are, and you are saying that it, that future generations are at stake, then you have to admit that there is a lack of self-awareness in making such a statement. Because to say that is not realizing that you're talking about the very generation that's to be born. And not only that, but there are likely people that have made this statement over the years about Roe versus Wade and saying that it needs to be put in place for future generations so that they can have the same rights, not realizing that they were talking about you and me, that our lives really didn't matter, essentially. And this all goes back to the suppression of truth. Romans 1 tells us that there is a suppression of truth. This is what is taking place right now in our in our culture, in our society, in our world, because it is a fallen world. It says in Romans 1 verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world, in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, and birds, and animals, and creeping things." And it goes on to say that God gave people up to their lusts, of their hearts to impurity, to the, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. And this is talking about sexual immorality. At the same time, this goes along with sexual immorality, and it goes along with sex because we're seeing the procreation of human beings is dependent on this. All human life, by the way, all animals, are, mammals, are dependent upon this type of procreation between male and female. And when you take this away and you begin to say, well, it's my body, it's my choice. And you don't realize that, first of all, as a Christian, which, by the way, let me remind you, there are also professing believers who are angry about Roe versus Wade being overturned. And I don't say that to condemn that should really bring pause to us. If there are believers, whether they are well-known, there are Christian musicians that are speaking out and saying things. One example is Maverick City that just came out that, that made a, a, a social media post. There are other people that are saying things. We need to question and say, have you considered what Scripture has to say about this? If we love people enough, we're going to tell them the truth. And love doesn't always sound loving, does it? Especially if it's challenging us and it's convicting us. But we know that if we truly belong to God, that the scripture even tells us that God chastises those that he loves. He He disciplines his children. And we can understand discipline through the word of God. We understand God's ways through the scriptures. And scripture makes it clear that human life not only begins at conception, but that it is valuable to God. Every human being is made in the image of God. That doesn't mean everybody's a child of God, but every human being is made in the image of God, and that life is valuable. 
no matter if that life was conceived, which all of us were conceived in sin, really. But all of us, whether that life was conceived outside of wedlock or within a marriage, that life is valuable. That God is that life has been ordained beyond our understanding in spite of sin. God has ordained it because he's not the author of sin, but he is able to do what he wants to do because he's sovereign in this world. And so when I think about what the alleged prophets were saying, and they continue to point back to themselves and in, in their accuracy in this moment, and, and that may change depending on what wind comes through, a wind of doctrine comes through and, and how things go as they have the past few years. But when people begin to point back to themselves and their accuracy of the prophetic, and then they're saying that there's going to be an immediate change, the immediate change was the weeping and gnashing of teeth from from people that were very angry and volatile about this. And yes, there were people that rejoice. And again, I am one of those people that rejoices. But we must not ignore the fact that there is wickedness in this world. We cannot ignore that. Nor can we ignore the fact if we are truthfully honest. I mean, we look at people that are saying such vile and wicked things. We see women who are putting across their pregnant bellies, not yet a human. We see women standing in the streets that are holding American flags and they're ha- holding signs that say, women want Roe versus Wade, not Jesus. We see people on social media that are telling other pregnant women that they hope that they miscarry. We're seeing a lot of atrocious and wicked things. We're seeing people fight for their rights because they want rights to their own bodies because they believe that their bodies belong to them. And especially as Christians, there's really no place for us to be talking in such a way, again, because Scripture makes it very clear that we don't belong to ourselves, that we belong to God, and we're to glorify God in our bodies. And glorifying God in our bodies means for women that if we are able to get pregnant, if God permits us to carry a pregnancy term and we're able to have children, then we glorify God in that capacity, in in one of the many facets that we glorify God in our bodies. And so we need to recognize this for what it is. It's sin. It's a suppression of the truth. It's a denial of God and his instruction, his commands. It's a denial of what God has ordained, what God defines things as. He defines human life. He has defined human life from the very beginning. He has defined the conception of human life and what that looks like. And we know that science supports that. It's not that science defines that. It's already been defined by God. But science merely reveals what's already been spoken and declared by God and proclaimed as the truth. So when we see things like this and we hear what people are saying and we hear these politicians and we hear professing believers that are standing in agreement with Roe versus Wade, which essentially is saying, yes, a woman should have a right to choose to kill her child. And I know I've said that before and and many other people have said it, but we need to be honest about what it is. It's murder. It's the taking of a human life. And another human being who is fallible does not define when life begins. God has defined that. It's not at the first breath. It's not magically through the birth canal. I mean, what do you say to to those who, like myself, who have had two children via cesarean section? Do, do my children not exist? Are they not human beings because they didn't magically come through the vaginal canal, through the birth canal? You know, we, we've made these rules in our society 
And and especially as Christians, we can do this too. We've made these rules, and also too, we're we're equally as guilty of looking at these people and the wickedness that they do, and the and the sinfulness, and the lawlessness to to that degree against God. And we can look at them and have this attitude of forgetting how far we had once fallen, and the mercy and grace that God extended to us in the truth of His gospel and extending repentance to us. And the call right now is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The laws do not change the, the condition of the human heart. It's God who does that, and it's his gospel that is transforming and revealing his son, Jesus Christ, as the one who atoned for the sins of the world and brings us into reconciliation with the Father by repenting and believing in him, having faith that he saves us that we no longer have the wrath of God abiding on us when we are in Christ. And apart from him, we do, and, and we're disobedient to God. We're sons of disobedience apart from him. But the gospel is necessary. And I wanted to read this quick post I saw from Don Green. I saw this on Facebook the other day, and I couldn't help but just to, to vehemently agree with it because there were things, it just it just resonated with the things that I knew from Scripture that, as as rejoiceful as as much as i rejoiced in roe versus wade being overturned there was still this sadness at the same time and, and understanding there are people that are that are lost they are fearful they are deceived by what they have been told by media by other people about the development of the baby within them they've been lied to and some people know the truth and they 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 don't want to hear it and that's even scarier to, to know that there are people that willingly know the truth and they still are denying the very existence of God's truth. And they're going to answer for that. And we need to have a reverential fear of God. We also need to have a reverential fear for these people's eternal conditions. And the gospel is the answer. Yes, laws are great, and I and I rejoice again that, that Roe versus Wade is overturned. And at the same time, it doesn't change people. At the end of the day, the changing, the taking over these these mountains that people want to take over, these seven mountains of influence in the society, taking them over doesn't change human hearts. Making laws does not change human hearts. And by the way, this did not make a law. The Supreme Court doesn't make laws. It interprets them. Congress makes laws. I think something that maybe would be helpful in America is to maybe have a, a general civics course once again and get people some common sense on this matter. If they want to understand and they want to spout different things and talk about uh, doing away with uh, con constitutional amendments, maybe you need to understand what process that takes. That's not just something that's d decided on in, in Congress. That, that takes a lot more than what you are aware of, including uh, three-fifths of the state's agreement in, in a constitutional amendment change. So that's just a side note. But I wanted to share this post from Don Green. He posted this on Sunday afternoon. He said, yesterday, a well-known church on the north side of Cincinnati was, a, was running a message on its video screen. Praise God. It looks like America is turning around. I assume it was referring to the Supreme Court Dobbs decision. A politically conservative church can say that. A biblically reformed church will be more restrained and accurate. 
He says, I'm grateful that Roe has been reversed. I rejoice with my brethren in ministry who upheld biblical truth for years in opposition to the prevailing Holocaust of abortion. They have been stellar and courageous. But Christians everywhere should understand that the change in the law did not produce a single change in a human heart. The parents and abortion doctors who practiced abortion last week will still find ways to do so this week. Political leaders will shamelessly pander and demagogue to their pro-abortion base, and the media will amplify their voices. Liberal states will enact more permissive abortion on demand through nine months for posturing if for no other reason. Pro-abortion zealots will continue to vandalize churches and pregnancy centers. Major corporations, including Dick's Sporting Goods of all places, have promised to fund travel expenses for their employees who want abortions. America isn't turning around, my friends. America, that is, its individual citizens, are just as evil in heart as they were. They will eagerly and creatively find ways to sin against innocent but inconvenient life in the womb. In other words, Dobbs will not restrain sinners, it will embolden them. America won't be turning around until all individuals repent and turn to Christ alone by faith alone. The Supreme Court justices did their job. The church's job to proclaim remains. We are not content with moral legislation. We aim for moral transformation through the new birth in Christ. And that requires not power from the U.S. Supreme Court, but power from the Holy Spirit as the Father draws men and women to the Son, John 6, 44, through the preaching of God's Word. So I'm under no delusions that my country has turned a corner. I can't afford such fantasies. There is so much spiritual work to do. And he quotes Acts 2, 38 through 40. Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. And many other words he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. The gospel is the answer. We worship, we praise God, we glorify Him for permitting, and He permitted it. We get the privilege to pray and to petition God. But do not be deceived in thinking that it is in your own power that God was able to have His hands untied to do what happened. God ordained it. We thank God for it. Now, we recognize this time for what it is. Even more now than ever, it is time to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, to proclaim to repent and believe, and to give hope to those that are lost, including those who have had abortions, to tell them that there is forgiveness, but it's not apart from Christ. There is redemption, but it's not apart from Christ. There is salvation, and there is cleansing to bring righteousness, but it's not apart from Christ. There is, um, th- there is conviction without condemnation for those who are in Christ, but it's not apart from him. And there is shame that is washed away in guilt, but it's not apart from Christ. The gospel is the answer, and the gospel is offensive. The true gospel of Jesus Christ is offensive. If you are going to try to tell people about Jesus and you are not going to try to offend and do it apart from Scripture, you are preaching another Christ. If you're bringing, trying to bring hope in your own understanding apart from Scripture and apart from the gospel, you're bringing another gospel. 
It's not true hope. It's a false hope. The only hope we have is in Christ alone. And my friend, we, if we're preaching and proclaiming the true gospel of Jesus Christ, we are going to make enemies in this time because people are not going to want to hear it. But we are faith, we're to be faithful to the word of God and to God himself and to proclaim the truth of his word because we want ears to hear and hearts to be transformed by his power, not by our power. We're not told to take over influences of government, the mountains of government. We're told to proclaim Christ. And Christ is going to come back when he ordains the time, not by our will and our doing. That is another God and another gospel. It's not the one of the Bible. So I want you to be encouraged today. And for any women that are listening, that you may have had an abortion, and you're dealing with that shame and that guilt, understand that God is forgiving, that he can wash you clean. And faith in Christ alone is the only thing that will wash you clean. Jesus paid the full penalty for your sin, the full penalty, the penalty that you deserve, the same penalty that I deserve for my own sins. Christ paid that on the cross. It was finished on the cross. And blessed be the Lord God on high. He takes on him our sin. And in return, he gives us his righteousness and clothes us in it. We are clothed in Christ. Not to be God, but to be able to stand before God, redeemed, reconciled, and in his son. And he loves us with an everlasting love. And we need to understand that love and recognize that he beckons those to come to him that would hear and that would receive him as Lord and Savior. I hope that this has encouraged you today. And I hope that it has challenged you. It challenges me because I realize more and more as we see things that appear darker and darker, the, the light of Christ is far greater. We can't be moved by the wickedness and the darkness, and we cannot afford to look upon people and think that we are better than they are because we know the truth. We remember from where we have fallen, and we proclaim the gospel. That's what people do when they love other people. They proclaim the truth. When we don't proclaim the truth, then we show that we don't love our neighbor. And we need to tell women and men that that is a baby that is a living human being. And we need to even explain to them, take a step further. When people are uh, become believers and they're new believers, they need to be discipled. They need to understand why uh, the covenant of marriage is so important, why sex in the marriage is designed and ordained by God and why it's not outside of marriage. And that children are a blessing procreation is God ordained. And that's what married couples are supposed to do, a man and a woman. Be blessed today by this message, proclaim the gospel, and be unashamed in saying the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at lovesickscribe. And if you enjoy reading, feel free to hop on over to lovesickscribe.com and subscribe to my blog. I've enjoyed being with you today, and I look forward to our next time together as we talk about biblical truths, current topics, and we continue to grow together in loving the Word and loving the one who is the Word, Jesus Christ. Blessings to you.